welcome, welcome. It is Monday, September 25th, 2023. This is Gabe Hernandez, uh, your publisher at EIC for comicalopinions.com. Uh, welcome to our weekly newsletter. So today's op-ed, we're going to jump right in, is discussing a comic that came out this week and kind of digging a little bit under the covers about why it's sort of divisive uh, and why you get a, a broad spectrum of people who think this is a fantastic comic and some people think this is a terrible comic and kind of a smattering of people in between. It's Tom King uh, and Daniel Simpier on uh, Wonder Woman number one from DC Comics. And we're going to talk a little bit about why it's possible for you to write a, a kind of a bad comic or what would be uh, in any other circumstances a bad comic, but somehow hide it and make people think that it is a good comic. Sure, this is a little bit of a ding on, on Tom King, but he's a big boy and he can take it. And honestly, because, you know, <laughs> This is a, re a recurring, repetitive pattern of behavior from the big two. And I just wanted to pull back the covers a little bit from a reviewer's perspective to help you understand how is it we can look at a comic and say, this is good and this is bad when people see it in the, almost a completely opposite direction. And hopefully this op-ed is going to clarify that that stance a little bit so you that when you see it yourself, you, you can kind of, the little flag will go up and say, ah, now I understand. Now that makes sense. So... For a comic to really be considered, you know, quote unquote good, and then you're going to hear that word a lot, and it's going to sound a little funny being repetitive, but at the same time, we're just talking about making sure it's basically structurally sound. You really need three components. It has to have good art, good visuals. It has to have good structure, which we're going to talk about a little bit in the terms of what we call scripting, and it has to have a, a good story idea or concept. And those all three things have to be at least meet that minimum bar of being solid to okay or better than okay or even great. But that no, none of those three things can be bad. That's your solid foundation. You know, they say in, in geometry, the basic uh, structure for a solid foundation is a triangle or it's three uh, sides to whatever shape you're, you're dealing with. That's That applies in comics. Uh, now, Fortunately or unfortunately, depending on your point of view, whether or not you're a reader or on the other side of the fence as a creator, you can hide the bad comic inside and make people think it's a good comic by a little bit of a trickery. And we'll talk about that exactly here in this op-ed using Wonder Woman number one as an example. So uh, if you want to read the full review about Wonder Woman number one, there's a link in the op-ed. You can go straight to the review. We do, I in particular, do a, a lot of the uh, contributions for Weird Science, DC Comics, and Marvel Comics. So I reviewed that issue. So we're, we're not just talking about it and from a distance. We're talking about somebody who's been in the comic, read it front to back, uh, written a review on it with depth and detail and breaking down all the points of where it went right, where it went wrong. So if you were interested in that full review, there is a link in the um, op-ed so that you can go straight to it and check it out for yourself. But the reason I wanted to kind of highlight this one is because this is a perfect, Wonder Woman number one from Tom King and Daniel Sampier is a perfect example of somebody who, uh, or, or at least a creative team that kind of did the right things to kind of compensate and make sure that the comic is received the way they want it to be received, even though it doesn't meet the criteria for being a good co uh, comic. But before we kind of dig into that, let's talk about those three components and what exactly they mean. <clears throat> the first component is good art. That goes without saying. Comics are a visual medium. You hear that all the time. You have to have a good artist or at least meet all the standard requirements of good art for a comic to be read and received properly and received well. Uh, you know, you have to have good figure work. You have to have good line work. Uh, panel compositions need to be um, dramatic and interesting. You need to have the right panels in the right order. The layout has to be great. Even down to the letterers, the letterers have to have the word bubbles in the right space, in the right orientation. The narration boxes have to be there. All those visual components for a comic need to be in place 
and working properly according to a modern comic book standard. So that pretty much goes without saying. I think everybody gets that at this point. The second part is um, the uh, scripting. Okay, so this is where it gets a little fuzzy because for most readers, they don't understand that there's a difference. Scripting and story are not the same thing. The script is the blueprint by which a comic is constructed. It has all the... Um, the notes about how an artist needs to lay out a comic. It, it, needs to, it needs to clarify or provide all the information that says in this panel, panel A, first panel on the top of the page, needs to be a wide shot or a medium shot. It needs to have these two or three characters. And this character is talking to that character. And this character has a scowly face. And that character has a surprise face or a sad face or a happy face. It's the recipe or playbook um, by which the comic is assembled. So that's called scripting. That's the act of actually creating the, the recipe book that puts the, the comic together. It's not the same thing as the story. This is basically how the story is executed on the page, if you want to think about that way. If you're a sports fan, as an example, the playbook is your script. That doesn't mean that's how the players actually execute, and that's not how the game plays out. That's just in certain circumstances, this is how you want things to flow this is how you want the construction of the comic book to eventually wind up as a finished product. The script is not the same thing as a story. Your scripting has to be good because the scripting dictates the pace. The scripting dictates the how the, the words flow in the reader's mind as they're reading it. It's very important, but it's not the same thing as a story. The third component, obviously, is a story. It's the idea. Generally speaking, if you want to break it down this way, a story is a message encapsulated in the uh, allegory or a concept of a journey that has at least one or more conflicts. A character goes on a journey, there's some kind of conflict that create that makes something interesting about that journey, that's your story. And then something happens within the course of that conflict where it's resolved, where you get a message. The character learns something or the reader learns something. The world changes. I think we have an older op-ed that if you can search for it, it's there about what the, what exactly is a story and what does a story mean? But it's basically, it's a, it's a message wrapped in a journey that has one or more conflicts. That's the concept and the idea of what the, the, what the creator is trying to communicate back to the reader. So those are the three components, good art, good scripting, good story. So how does, how, how are you able to hide a bad comic and make everybody think it's a good comic? The easiest way, or I, I should say the most common way of doing that is through overcompensation. You take two of those three components and you make them not just good, but fantastic. And that, that covers over the third, which might be weak or just completely broken. It's like taking a hole in the wall, covering it over with duct tape and then painting it. It may look great and you couldn't tell the difference unless you poked at it. But if you do poke at it and your finger goes right through that duct tape, now you know you've got a problem. So the key to hiding a good, a bad comic inside and making people think it's a good comic is overcompensation two of the three. They hide the flaws of the third. Or in some cases, if you can do one that's super amazing, maybe even have the one overcompensate for the two, that's almost impossible to do. It's extremely rare. can be done, but it, it's very difficult. So how does, that, how does that happen in this case with um, Wonder Woman number one and Tom King and Daniel Sapir? Sam Peary's art is fantastic, and you can you can see on every single page, every panel looks incredibly well done, high detail, uh, fantastic covering by uh, Tomu More, hopefully I'm saying that right, and, and visually it's just a stunning book. Uh, the second point is the scripting. 
Tom King, whether you like him or not, is a master at scripting. He knows how to construct a comic. He knows how to create scenes that finish and end in a way that's impactful. He has scene transitions that are uh, immaculate. His dialogue um, placement and uh, ability to kind of elicit emotions from the different scenes is all right there on the page. He is a master scripter. If Tom King continually, chronically falls down, is his story idea. The journey with the conflict is generally just ugly and miserable and just prone to just uh, making you feel uh, dirty inside after you read his comics. And he has a, he's been developed, he's developed a, a trope of deconstructing his characters and then not reconstructing them. Uh, so it, it, almost to a degree, Tom King's become sort of one note in that regard where he likes to take his characters, break them, and they just leave them broken. And somehow that makes a good story. It's not. So how do you hide a bad comic and make everybody think it's a good comic? Is you take the two of the three elements and you overcompensate. In this case for Wonder Woman number one, fantastic art, fantastic scripting, terrible story. So the two overcompensate for the, thir for the third. And so that's where you get, if you go to Comic Book Roundup or some of these review sites, you'll say 10 out of 10, best thing ever, thought-provoking, immaculate and wonderful. But if you peel back the layers, the world doesn't make sense. The uh, characterizations, particularly for Wonder Woman, don't make sense. The, the pace and the speed of which things happen just don't match anything that anybody would realistically buy. And so if you peel back the, the kind of the, the journey and the conflicts that are happening in that journey, they don't make any sense at all. And it just turns into a mess pretty quickly. Uh, but people are very enamored with the fantastic art. And the scripting is, again, masterful. And that's uh, no props to Tom King for, do, for being a masterful scripter. But his story ideas are just generally where his big, you know, <laughs> big event type titles tend to fall apart. And we're seeing that here with Wonder Woman number one. Now, it's just a number one. Number two might be better. Things might pick up. But, you know, past behavior is usually an indication of future behavior. So we'll see. So that's the op-ed for today. I go into a lot more detail about these three concepts and, and where it applies to Wonder Woman number one, especially if you uh, click on the link and read the review so you can see the full breakdown of that specific issue. Uh, but let me know what you think. Uh, it, do you Are there certain characters that you find that this has become a problem where people will get two out of three or one out of three? Or are there certain creators that have a habit of doing one out of three or two out of three, but not getting all three? And so people like them. But there's always that that sort of back end um, apology for like, yeah, I know they were not great, but I like these things about what a creator's trying to do. Let me know what you think in the comments. If you're watching this on YouTube, please like, care, uh, comment, share, subscribe. If you're listening to this on audio podcast, please also leave a comment or leave us a review. Even if it's a bad review, think we're doing a bad job. I, I would love to hear it. Let me know. We're always trying to do better. Uh, so thank you. That's for the op-ed. So let's move on to the rest of the um newsletter. We've got a long list of reviews to go. I'm going to rifle through them really quickly, but just want to cover one more item uh, on the poll results. So we had a poll in our newsletter last week asking about what would you like to see as far as creator interviews, because we're thinking about doing some of those. And the answer overwhelmingly is we want to, you were interested in bringing a creator on to interview them to break down a specific issue, just sort of have them do like a walkthrough. Uh, so we're going to look at that and see if maybe we can reach out to a few creators, see if they're willing to come on step through the process of how they created their individual uh, comic. Uh, I don't know who we can get, but we'll, we'll see what we can do. But that seems to be the, the one that everybody got everybody excited. So uh, that'll be our focus. We're trying to do what we what you want to see. And that's where we're going to go with, the, with that poll result. So let's talk about the reviews for last week. 
just real quickly, uh, Exodus Z number one and ISOM number two, those are both uh, indie submissions and they, they were both pretty solid. Our pick of the week, no surprise, big game number three from uh, Mark Miller and Image Comics. It was it a was banger. So yeah, if, if you're looking for the actual event of the summer, big game is it. Uh, we have Gunslinger Spawn number 24 from Image, Fish, Fish Flies from Jeff Lemire, also from Image, uh, Red Sonja number three, Antarctica number three, Spawn number 345, Sherlock Holmes number one, and that's Sherlock, it's actually, it's called Sherlock Holmes, but it's really Spencer Holmes, who is the descendant of Sherlock Holmes, that's from Xenoscope, uh, Victory number four from Dynamite, uh, Tear Collector number one from Blood Moon Comics, that was an interesting horror story that I don't think I've ever seen presented in the way that one's presented, so you might want to check that one out just for curiosity's sake. Uh, Monomyth number five from uh, Mad Cave. Gunbreed number three, also from Blood Moon Comics. Pathfinder Wake the Dead number three. This one is uh, their ad uh, Dynamite's adaptation of the tabletop role-playing game. And the one that seems the most, this issue was the one that seemed most closest to a um, an actual RPG campaign. So that was kind of fun. Uh, Under the Influence number three, also from Mad Cave. Uh, Gargoyles, Dark Ages number three. And Disney Villains, Hades number two from uh, Dynamite. Those are the, those two, those last two are their Disney cartoon adaptations. I will say Disney Villains, Hades number two was a close second for pick of the week because that one was a lot of fun and I think really nailed kind of the age appropriate humor of what they were going for. So that was a close, uh, close second there. Uh, coming up for next week. And also, if you if you like this newsletter, please share it with folks and, and let them know if they want to participate paid in polls or uh, get access to our monthly perks. Uh, please consider subscribing, becoming a member, and we would love to have you. Your support means a lot. Uh, big list of comics this week. So we have some indie submissions from uh, of various folks. We have Kitty's Bordello, number one, and Halloween Team, number one. So we're getting a lot of horror submissions, which is the time of year. So that makes sense because we're almost in October. Void Rivals number four. This is the sci-fi series from um, Image Comics. That's a sort of a loose tie-in to the Transformers uh, universe that's coming up. I suspect that might be a contender for pick of the week. We'll see. Uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number 112. This is the continuation of their uh, uh, Dark Entity uh, arc that's uh, sort of coming into full bloom. Uh, Blade Runner 2039 number seven. Conan the Barbarian number three. That's probably the other contender for pick of the week, if I had to guess, because it's been really strong from, from Jim Zub and Titan. Uh, Vampire Dracula, Dracula Rage number two from Dynamite. Exorcist number die, Never Die number six. From Mad Cave, that is going to be the end of that miniseries from Steve Orlando. Uh, Simon Says, number one from Blood Moon. Titan, Mouse of Might, number five, also from Blood Moon. Tales from the Cave, one-shot Mad Cave Studios. This is their Halloween one-shot special. Uh, Bell Cursed from Xenoscope. Betty Page, uh, volume six, number four from Dynamite. Uh, Disney Villains, Maleficent, number five from Dynamite. Uh, and I think that might be the last one of that miniseries, or, or at least the penultimate, so we'll see. Uh, and Darkwing Duck, number six from Dynamite. Also, we have Dead by Daylight, number three from Titan. That's their adaptation of the Dead by Daylight video game. And then we have two uh, manga volumes from Tokyo Pops, Goku Yuko, volume three, and Dead Company, volume two. So that is it. Whew. <laughs> out of breath because that's a long list. Uh, as always, we love to have you. Thank you for hanging in there. If you've listened this long, uh, don't forget like, share, comment, subscribe. Uh, leave a comment. Let us know how we can do things better for you. Always happy to try and do more and try and do better. Uh, if you're on YouTube or if you're on uh, audio podcast or if you're just reading along, uh, just let us know how we're doing and how we can do better for you. Uh, this is uh, Gabe Hernandez for Comical Opinions. And I am signing off and you have a great day.